0: and welcome to another brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me every single week for your film room episodes, the man who has not one, but two non-existent ACLs. His beard is looking
1: fantastic.
0: All right. You need to keep that.
1: That's not a problem. I mean... It's, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. It is. You literally don't do anything.
0: Isn't it? That's, that's Every time I've had a beard, that's kind of how it's gone. It's a good yeah. look for you. I'm not used to you well, with the full beard, but... um, And, uh, again, I'm not your wife, so, I mean, I don't want you to uh, listen to what I have to say because... I, I'm not putting out. She uh-huh. she might. So I, it's up to her. Is she is she in the beard. She don't care. She don't care. No. My wife it, likes the beard, but I work yeah. in a very dusty place, like with white dust. And it's really hard to come home from work and explain white stuff in your beard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're not Santa Claus. You know. No. What I
0: mean? No, sir. <laughs> nope. It's like just everywhere. A little weird.
1: Yep, okay. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's several white things that could be attributed uh, to a not-so-clean look of a beard when you have pieces of white this or that. Uh, Toothpaste.
0: Dust. Toothpaste dust
1: would be the least of my concerns in that scenario. Yeah.
0: You haven't seen the kind of dust that I work with. Oh. It's legit like grains of dust.
1: I mean, the a only first time on was when you tipped over a, a whole load you told me a whole load of dust I onto the road.
0: It was a whole bag. Mm-hmm. A 30 a 3000 pounds sack. And that shit came out like water. Good times. Good good times. The worst and best unplanned overtime ever. Um <laughs> Yeah, good times, good times. We are coming off the heels, everybody, of week 14, the final bye week of the, uh, right? I think it's the it's got to be the final bye week of the uh, 2021 season. Lots of good stuff happened last week, or this this past week. Lots of bad stuff. A lot of cool plays. It was, uh, there's so many cool plays that me and Brian accidentally picked the same defensive play.
1: No, that's on me. That's. Reading Comprehension
0: 101. I'll be honest. I just wanted to hear you say it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's totally on me.
0: <laughs> it's tough. It's I feel which, it, man. You got a lot of your play right also now.
1: Reveals, well, it also reveals that I didn't look at your plays ahead of time.
0: Yeah, that's a big um, F you.
1: And you know what? Um, I don't have an excuse. You know,
0: <laughs> You're a busy guy, though, right now.
1: Yeah, right. Totally, totally busy at home. Uh, do, doing nothing but playing Madden, which I lost to you uh, yesterday. You did. Awesome.
0: Very exciting yeah. fashion, by the way. That was game of the year.
1: Sure was. Uh, Matt, in all honesty, th- let's just talk Madden real quick. Sure. In all honesty, I was so concerned with what I was doing offensively and sticking to my own identity. That I didn't even realize how you were kind of like lulling me into like a sleep, like like man's so methodic.
0: He is. I'm so usually not. I'm when usually it, not. When
1: he's playing his Madden, he he's so real life, just marching it ever so slowly down the field, using the clock, you know, not rushing between plays, going back. That's the other thing. You kept going back to the menu. And selecting from the play selection menu, where like, I didn't even know people did that anymore. I pick one play to start the drive, and then it's nothing but shotgun. Hurry up! And I'm just changing my plays out of there. And I was like, this this guy's he's he's dedicated.
0: I was setting you up for super, for future matches, so uh, I got you.
1: Well, uh, that, I'll definitely bite. Oh yeah, You got me on that.
0: Oh yeah, I'm bringing my PS4 to Indy this week, and Maybe we can play. Maybe if I get some downtime in the hotel, we could play some. I can play it in some Madden. I don't know. This I have
1: to but, get the PlayStation Network. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm cheap, man. You I'm are. a cheapskate.
0: Do you have to get the network? To, well, the I network is free. The network, now, the network yeah. is No, the network is free. Is it? PlayStation Network. It's not like Xbox. PlayStation Network is free. Okay. So you can't be that cheap. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so we have some exciting stuff, everybody, to kind of look through today. Um I selected a Justin Herbert play, not the one that everybody's thinking about. Um, that was beautiful. I would have loved to uh, to really found something that was worth like breaking down methodically, um, but there wasn't there. But we did we got a pretty cool uh, Justin Herbert touchdown pass, and uh, I took a look at a uh, Dak Prescott interception against Washington. Uh, Brian's got a couple things he wants to look at as well. Brian, what are we looking at today from your end?
1: Uh, well, the a play that we watched together on Sunday, Matt came over to the house while I was, you know, with my, my feet up, not doing nothing. I was like, Hey man, why don't you come watch some football? So he made the trek down South to come visit me. I did. And, uh, we, we watched most of the Washington game with Dallas. Uh, and we watched that beautiful dime. Not really dime. I don't know why I said dime. How about this? <laughs> People bombastic catch. By Sims. That
0: works for just me.
1: No reason that that play should happen. And then I had to look at uh, another Washington play. But guess what? I wasn't allowed to do it uh, <laughs> because Matt already picked it. I did. So then I just went a little further down the tape and uh, I, I picked up um, who did I pick? I'm trying to remember. It was the Bears and the Packers. Yes, and it Fields, was Dustin strip-sack. Fields getting strip sacked.
0: Yes, so, um, so that's what we got to look at today, everybody. And then, of course, following up with the losers' club, we're going to cover the uh, the Jets.
1: Yes, and welcome.
0: and the Jaguars. Welcome to oh, welcome, welcome the losers' club. Gonna be really fun talking about you. All right, let's get into our first play this week. Okay, it is a uh, as I mentioned, it is a Justin Herbert Chargers play. A uh, Pretty cool little uh, little sequence of events. Get some downfield, and they put some points on the board against the New York Giants. So, let's uh, let's switch over the camera view, and let's watch this play unfold, and then we'll start to break it down.
1: Third and eight, Herbert to the outside. He's got Palmer, and he is in for the touchdown. Did the dirty work early. Gets the glory to close the drive. Yeah,
0: he just gets right. He gets in here, a little stick route on the inside. You see the fake to the outside, exploiting the inside leverage of 34 Williams, and then it's just Katie bar the door. I'm going to the end zone.
1: Love the dance. Love the color of the uniforms. That's the most gorgeous blue in all of football.
0: <sighs> Is it?
1: Okay, the Potter blue edges it out, but I like
0: <laughs> it. It's got too much of a... Billsy blue. That's probably why you like it so much. Yeah. Probably. Like if I didn't know that I was watching the Chargers playing right now, I would think this is the Bills uniform. From where I'm from where I'm sitting.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't normally like the blue on blue uh, match, but when it's got the white helmet to offset it with the Chargers and the Bills, I like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, bright helmet. Yeah, it's not too, not too bad. Um, the situation we're looking at here, ladies and gentlemen, is it is 12 minutes, 13 seconds left in the second quarter, uh, third and eight. So uh, they're starting on the 12-yard line, the Giants 12-yard line, the Chargers are, and they have to get to the uh, the Giants four. That's how math works. Uh, and uh, we're tied at seven. So Giants have been playing a pretty competitive game at this point, led by uh, the great Mike Glennon. But uh, now it's time to start pounding on points. What we have here, we have 11 personnel. All right, we have 11 personnel. We have our running back here. I believe that's Eckler. Could be mistaken. Um, our, and, of course, first-time listeners, if this is your first time, the 11 personnel, the first digit is always the, run, the amount of running backs. The second digit is always the amount of uh, tight ends. So 11, the first one. How many running backs? We have one. And uh, the second one is uh how or the second digit is how many tight ends? We have one here. That is Jared Cook right there, number eighty seven. He is lined up, just backed off the line, of course, and uh we got three wide receivers. So the formation that we have here is a shotgun doubles wing. And what that basically is, it's a pretty balanced, you know, setup for for an offense. Right? We got two and two, um, essentially. So uh so it's not the trips that I like. The trips left, the trips right that I really like. They're not close enough to really kind of pull off that kind of thing right now. Um, they probably could, but uh, but yeah, that's what we're looking at with this formation. And what it, what it allows you to do is it really splits out the defense, right? You, you put two guys on one side, two on the other. Um, as far as defense, if, if you're in zone coverage, it, you know, it's it, it splits the defense in half and kind of opens up the middle of the field. But um, things open up really, really well here for the Chargers for the Giants on their side of the ball. They're in a base four uh, three defense here, and they're looking at uh, cover two. Uh, there's two men deep. Cover that's what that's what basically cover two means. Again, for first time listeners, you never listened to film study before. Cover two, uh, whatever the coverage is. Cover one, cover two, cover three, cover six. That's how many men are uh, are deep. How many defensive backs you basically have? So uh let's start to watch this thing again. Yeah, it's just it's it's formulated pretty well and uh I was actually a little surprised uh how this kind of route came to play. Um and actually that it got into the end zone. It's one of those unique ones, those little weird routes that if you uh if you find a way to turn it turn it up right, you know, and you score it's it's uh, that's a little bit of a bonus. So let's uh start to take a look at this thing. Eckler hikes the ball. They can clearly see it's not being handed off, so our linebackers here they back off. They don't press anymore. They probably could if they want to send a little bit of a blitz, but the linebackers again. I don't think that's Eckler. I don't know. Anyways, um, but yeah, as soon you notice the defense playing smart. They they know it's a pass as soon as they see that the, the handoff is not going to our running back. They back off into coverage, and that's when the zone the zone stuff starts coming in. Uh, Echo's got a pr- or me, Herbert has a pretty good, uh, decent pocket. It's collapsing a little bit now. He's they've given him plenty of time to make a read, make a decision. Notice he is not, which I don't really like that he's not looking at the left side of the field. But I get it. I, I, this could be a design play for uh, for Guyton over here. Eight, um, yeah. He's just looking. He's not fooling anybody. They got pretty good one-on-one coverage on both these receivers over here, on Jared Cook and the receiver over there. And uh, Guyton gets on the inside, which is the important thing. This is a stick route. They do say this in the video. It's a stick route. It kind of goes up, in, and then when he catches I mean, this defender is, like, not aware. Like, all he has to do is, like, reach out his hand, right? You'll see it. It's not – they're not very – there's not a huge gap in between them, and uh, he doesn't get that, but he, they leave so much room. There's nobody really protecting here. Um, usually I see these kind of routes go to the outside a little bit, maybe go out of bounds, but uh, he has a wide open lane here for pay Dirt.
1: Outside, he's got Palmer, and he is in for-
0: And that's the beauty of this thing, too, because I think that's Mike Williams back there. He pulled off one of the defensive backs. He pulled off one of the defensive backs I kind of opened up that lane, if you will, for mm-hmm. um for guyton to get in. So let's take uh, another look at this real nice and slow. Um let's, yeah it's turned down enough. We got a shotgun, the hike. All right, linebackers are pulling back. They're that's covering the middle of the field. They're they're that's pretty well covered in the middle of the field. One of the linebackers goes off in a coverage. This is kind of his zone. And uh, I'm not sure exactly who that is back there. That might be McKinney. I don't know. Um, he's guarding him, and this other guy noticed that they're guarding the first down line. That's the big thing that their job is to protect. And then they see it start to open up. Guyton cuts on the inside, to the out- gets it, and turns up. But yes, this is the this is probably the most important thing here. With this is Mike Williams drawing this defensive back off of here, and, and creating this wide open lane. Like yep. I said, I've seen this play occur a millions of, like millions of times, and they always end up like out of bounds. Somebody ends up out of bounds. Uh, Guyton has really good situational like just knowing where he's at on the football field to be able to kind of turn up, control his his pace, and 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 start to to, to run up straight into the end zone. This is um, It's it's pretty good footwork, pretty good awareness on his part.
1: And he is in for the touchdown. Did the dirty yeah, what's, work. what's the next part of this? Culture. Gets the yep. glory to close the drive. <clears throat>
0: yeah, he just gets right. He gets in here a little stick route on the inside. Yep, see, he's drawn. I'm uh, I might, uh, might kind to of guess who that is. Yeah, he's drawn him off. This linebacker is way out of place. I think that's a linebacker. Way out of place. He's already lost it. To the outside. That's exploiting bad. the inside leverage of thirty-four.
1: It, uh start this part of the clip over again.
0: Exploiting the inside Nope, not that not that
1: late. Okay. At the top at the top of his route here.
0: Which one? 81 right here?
1: No, we're gonna we're gonna watch five. You're gonna watch five. He's right. He gets so, in here a little stick route on the inside. You see the, the fake. Chopping see how he chops his feet yeah so that's a, a move that's used in so many different routes it's actually what probably creates the separation more than anything else because you, you don't know if he's cutting it in you don't know if he's break. you like that's a slowdown move so the idea being that yes it's a tell that he's about to make a break but at the same time it's you, you. There's no way of knowing which way he's going to break inside, outside. Uh, he may even, you know, curl back because he's right around that first down marker. So you know he's he's already gained the first down. Tough spot for that corner to be in for sure. But correct I mean, th- the genius this dude's of the... got some right. Sorry, suddenness but... to 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 put it lightly in his route running that is very, very challenging.
0: For sure. I mean, the thing is here too, if you, if you kind of realize, I mean, I, I get it heat of the moment, that sort of stuff. But if you, you realize that this guy is right here, right in the middle of the field, if he cuts in, yep. he's kind of covered. So you get really got to protect this outside part. You
1: should have known that. Right. Yep, absolutely.
0: Exactly. So, uh, you know, just unaware. And again, heat of the moment, that's the beauty of psychology and the world of football. Um, you know, uh he, didn't really kind of put two and two together. So, And this outside was just, just wide open. We got, again, Mike Williams taking number 24 off here. To the outside. And by the time he realizes it, it oh, that's Palmer. I'm sorry, Josh Palmer, not not uh, Guyton. Josh Palmer. The inside leverage. Is on the inside. Yeah, that, probably, was,
1: that was very much a, a runoff route by uh, Mike Williams.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure, yeah. there was no intention of getting that ball um, to Williams. He was the one here. Keenan Allen out with COVID. Um, he was kind of the one, but uh, I mean that—that's the when you have. I mean, Mike Williams is that good, when you can you know use uh, a number one as a decoy uh, to get some of your underneath guys going. That's huge. Yeah, I guess he made a little quick read onto the left side. Definitely wasn't looking at his running back. But he made a quick little glance. He's seen that they're well covered over here. I mean, they don't run anything really complicated. Jared Cook's just zigzagging in and out. The other ones run like a I'm not gonna say a go route, but he's just kinda running the end zone. Yeah,
1: it's it's a it's a a fade in a way, you know.
0: Yeah. For sure. But um but yeah, so that is our uh, That is our first play. Like I said, I could have picked the uh I could have picked the sixty-five-yard bomb, which was amazing. Mm. Um, we did we watch that live, or did I show you a YouTube or uh, Twitter clip? I can't remember. I can't remember the situation of it. Maybe somebody flashed to it, but it was incredible um, seeing that thing fly. That Justin Herbert's awareness of the pocket collapsing, stepping out and stepping up, planting his feet. It was. It looked so effortless. Sixty-five-yard yep. touchdown strike. Um, which is pretty cool. But this one had a little bit more oomph to it. That's why I want to do it. And plus, um, uh, I had enough foresight to know that Ryan was or oh God, I do this every time. That Brian um was going to uh pick a, a pretty sweet bomb as well. So um let's uh so that's it for this play. Let's head on over to our next play. Brian why did you uh, – What I mean, we did see this live. It was pretty, pretty incredible. What did you like most about this play that made you want to uh, break it down today?
1: Uh, Tyler, Taylor Heineke has proven himself to be a pretty steady quarterback, not obviously a starting franchise quarterback, but a quarterback who's great in uh, second reaction plays, which is, is definitely what this, this is. Uh, he's also, you know, the extending plays, but he's also the guy that can keep an offense on track, Olive uh, Fitzpatrick of just taking what the uh offense or defense is giving him. You know, the whole lead up to this play, uh, they were pretty buried in the, the back of their own uh um end of the field. And I think he just kept taking the check downs. And then he finally makes a play and makes the Cowboys pay for having single coverage with no help over top, which he draws digs here in this, right? Because if you watch the clip or you saw this or whatever, you know that. Um, But this is definitely one of those plays where second reaction plays, extending plays, such an important part of today's NFL. And Heineke's got enough of that juice to get a play like this done.
0: No, no doubt. No doubt, he is a uh, he is a special player. Not consistent, but no. man, he uh, he can he can pull off some cool stuff. And I think that's where the value is in and Taylor Heineke. I, I can definitely tell you that I'm a huge, huge Heineke fan um, for what he's been able to, to do over these last couple of years. Um, all right, so uh, let's watch this play unfold, and then we'll start to break it down, go through personnel, all that jazz. Advantage. Pressure up the middle, Heineke spins away, nice move, sets, launches deep, looking for Sim, he's got it! And they say no, he's out of bounds! Oh, Cam, Sim's incredible effort against Diggs, but he did not
1: land inbounds. Still can't believe the refs are still not knowing when they need to call something a touchdown, just so that you can get the benefit of the replay.
0: Right. Right, no, I know it was. I mean, it was, it was close. It was, it was really, really cool to see, um, to see live. But man, I love the effort of Heineke in, in this one. I think we've done some film study on him this year, uh, like maybe once or twice, because he is a pretty special player. Um, but man, I love the like the lean. Like it's not like fundamentals, but I like the way he like leaned into this thing. Um, we'll we'll take a look at it in a little bit, but he literally like throws his body forward to get this thing <laughs> into the end zone, and and right. on the money in in where it's supposed to be. It was uh, you know what it reminds, it reminded me of Ryan Fitzpatrick, heaving sure. up heaving up passes. So, um, yeah, so I thought that was pretty neat. But uh, all right, what so what are we exactly are we looking at here, Brian?
1: Yeah, sh- shotgun eleven personnel, the one running back, one tight end. Uh, they're gonna use the tight end as he I believe he's lined up at the the top of the, the he's he the is, first yep. man in that formation on the bottom of your screen. Isn't he? Now isn't that the wide receiver out there?
0: Oh, that might be Humphreys.
1: I think the guy that's the point he's like the, the dot. Yeah, 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 that guy. Okay. I think that's their tight end who is not Logan Thomas. I don't remember his name. He made a couple of plays in this game. and threw a nice screen to him. Um, actually, it might have been on this drive in the lead up, but made a nice athletic uh, play after the catch. But uh, so we're gonna go out. Trips left. Yes, there's another nickname for this. It's not just trips. I forget what this one is called. I tried using our flashcards, and it, nobody was giving me any clues to what it is. But definitely shotgun eleven personnel, and we got three guys all lined up to one side of the field, and then we got our lone guy. Lined up the top of the screen. In it's the just slots. a bunch form.
0: It's just a bunch formation.
1: Yeah. That's all it is.
0: It's just a shotgun bunch.
1: I wanted the fun name though. They always got such fun names. I'm going to call this one Cowboy Killer. How about that?
0: Bunch tight end. Bunch TE. Cowboy Killer. We can call it that. I mean, it didn't really kill the Shot, cowboys, but a
1: shotgun and Cowboy Killer. It's shotgun
0: uh, bench. uh bunch weak side. Uh, I think. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> we'll roll with it. Uh Defense counters it with the classic four-two-five, And they're going to bring one man on an extra blitz, so they end up bringing five guys. And then it's straight man-to-man across the board. And no help over top, at least on the left side of the field. Uh, I believe it's probably gonna, it ends up being cover one with just a single safety over the top. And Diggs being the lean-on cornerback, doesn't get the over the top help, so this is a one on one shot play that you let your star superstar cornerback make the play, which he just he can in this scenario because it's too perfect of a ball, it's too well timed, and he just gets mossed. It's straight up getting mossed. It is what it is. It happens, and uh, let's let's watch this slowly if we can.
0: Absolutely. I wish there was a slowdown mode, but yeah. Let me know when to stop. Advantage. Oh, let me turn it down. Pardon me.
1: Man, pause. A lot of quarterbacks in this scenario would be in a lot of trouble.
0: And hey, let's be fair. Heineke had taken plenty of sacks that day, so this would have just been another notch on the uh, on the Cowboys' pass rush belt.
1: There's there's an absolutely atrocious sack he takes in the uh, third quarter. I think that's actually well, what he gets hurt on and ends up having to leave the game. But yep. it was a fourth down play that's inexcusable. Cannot take a sack on a, a go-ahead. You know, you literally were going for the tying drive, um, and he just completely whiffed. But anyways, that's not this play. This play, he's going to make some magic. So he lets the blindside defender... Get pretty close to him. I'm not he's not shocked by the pressure. I'm pretty sure he knew for a pretty good chance they were gonna bring some pressure and the biggest reason is Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator, that's what he does. Yes. He brings pressure. He brings blitzers constantly and there's a blueprint on how to move the ball and it's not fun and it drives quarterbacks probably crazy in prep, but the idea is you gotta hang in there you got to hang in there. you got to try and give your linemen an extra chance to give the wide receivers an extra chance, and you need to make a play when a free rusher is in your lap, and that's what he's going to do here.
0: Absolutely. All right, play it forward a little bit more.
1: The setting of the feet. So key. Taylor Heineke doesn't have a cannon arm. He's not an elite level passer as far as arm talent goes. Good enough arm talent, but he if he gets his feet if he tries to throw this with his feet a little more squared and he doesn't have his left foot driven into the ground and, and stepping into it and putting his body behind it, this ball doesn't stand the chance that it that it deserves that it needs in order for it to be a play. That can has a chance of being a scoring point, right? So look right there where you have it froze. I mean, that is you. You want to show young quarterbacks like the way his his hips are already engaged, the way that he has already stepped into that throw, and the way he has his arm bent. Everything's in perfect alignment, and he's going to use physics, right? Because it's a science, folks. He's going to use all this kinetic energy he's building up through his body to give this ball as good of a chance as he can to get it to the end zone. The ball placement on this ends up being silly, but you know, it's also due to the fact that Sims goes lays all out for
0: this. He does. Yeah, look at Heine, he literally like shot put this thing. It yeah. was it was like it was I, it was one of the wildest throws I like I have seen in quite some time.
1: Launches deep
0: looking for Sam.
1: To, to to pin the ball that close to the sideline without throwing it out of bounds, with so you have the right height so that the def- near defender, right, is or the, the defender who's defending front side of that wide receiver, you know, you have to get it over him. But at the same time, you can't throw it too high because they don't carry out the back of the end zone. And you can't throw it too wide or else it'll go out the sideline. So it's literally thrown in one of the only spots on the field that Sims can have the play on the ball.
0: Correct, and yeah, he did. He did pretty swell with it.
1: Severe trust too on this throw.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, the, the placement of it it could be easily picked. Yeah, at the end zone too, very easily.
1: Bad advantage. I also think that the first and ten is a hindrance to Dallas. Uh, them bringing blitzers here on first and ten. Right. And 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 having Washington counter it with the uh, spread formation you're giving yourself more field to have to try and cover instead of if this was like say third and eight you could kind of protect yourself just like we saw in the last clip with the Chargers where they were protecting the first down marker on this first and ten I don't know what you really want to focus on covering because now it can kind of go anywhere and it was was well-timed For uh, when to call this play. I love love
0: the timing of this play. You can bring up a great point. Like, uh, again, like psychology, flow, all that stuff. You wouldn't normally call this stuff. Throwing a bomb on first and 10 at your own or the opponent's 40, what are we at here? The 43, 44, yeah, like 43 ish. Um, yeah, it doesn't happen very often, and not especially with a guy like Taylor Heineke as well, right? I, right? I think that's what you're trying to get at is that Dallas is really prepped here to stop the run. All right, they just got a first down, you control the pace of the game, you set a run. That's usually how how game flow kind of goes. Um, so this was wild, and and that's why like Sims only had that one-on-one coverage back there. and There was nobody else. Really to prepare for it, you can see it as the as the camera's trying to follow the ball, it's just gl- it's just glossing over, it's just going right over, just zipping past all these Cowboys defenders who have no idea what the heck happened, and we're we're pretty much prepped for a for a run defense here. Yep. Yeah, good fake, good fake. The defense didn't bite on it. No, the linebackers didn't bite on it, um, but it was a pretty good we're fake sure. handoff.
1: I also think it's because that play call is probably uh a run blitz call, okay you know what i mean you're you're calling the blitzer to 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 hit a gap and you know the the linebacker knows that his assignment he can't move one way or another he needs to stay as and the, as that backside defender in case there's any sort of you know d- d- backside throw or anything like that
0: no absolutely.
1: That's why he doesn't move. Probably this is he—he he is watching his man, which is that running back. If I had to guess, that leaks out into the um, the middle of the field. There is a dump off.
0: Let me see. I think yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, a little running back route. Yeah, he's he in the middle. He lets field. that yep.
1: tight end run past.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, with all twenty-two, we'd definitely see exactly what he would do, but. Um, you know, he, he he purposely it's not a zone because he lets that tight end just run right past him.
0: Yep, yeah, so pretty good stuff there from uh Taylor Heineke. Still a little bright spot. Um I don't know where his future lies. What what's in store for him. I think he's a fun quarterback to watch. Um he's put this team in, in positions to win. He's also done some silly stuff to kinda of hurt them as well. So um I just don't know if Washington's offense is really. Eh, it's hard to tell. I, do, I I just I just don't know. I think Heineke is going to be. Uh, I think he's going to have a job at the NFL for some time. I don't know if it's going to be a, as a starter though. No. But, but this is a uh, this is a nice spot. You know, nice to see that he's got that arm strength to to you know. It's always a plus. That is always a plus. So one last time, we'll look at this thing. You're up the middle.
1: Who's the old Chiefs backup quarterback that's hung around the league forever? I think he was in New Orleans for a little bit.
0: The one that's they there that right now?
1: He like, no, he's not there now. He's never started, but he's always somebody's backup. Oh, man. The heck's his name? He's stolen the most money in the league because he's just a clipboard guy. Oh,
0: you're not talking about Charlie Whitehurst, are you? I, uh No. They called no. him Clipboard Jesus.
1: I mean, he's got glorious hair. He, he, he earned that.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he made a ton, ton of money. Uh, Chase Daniels was a, there we go. a, a back, pretty man. good backup. He didn't play for the Chiefs, though.
1: Was he the starter or was he a starter? Like that...
0: He was with the Chargers.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I think
0: he's the Chargers backup right now.
1: He's stolen so much money as a backup quarterback. <laughs> thing. <laughs>
0: What a life, though, huh? I'd rather be QB too. Hey, um, nothing wrong. No, nothing wrong with that. But, all right, very I'm good. Speaking
1: of jealousy, obviously, everyone knows that. Oh,
0: naturally. Naturally. Yeah. Um, so, all right, everybody, that is our final offensive play. We're going to move on to the defensive stuff now, as we always do. Same game. Um, same game. Washington is starting to rally back a little bit here. Um, actually, I don't think this is too far after. I could be mistaken. Dallas is up twenty seven to fourteen here. Uh four minutes twenty second no, this is way after. Excuse me. Four minutes twenty six seconds left uh in the game. Second and seven. And uh and Dak is going for I mean, it's second and long. Probably an unnecessary run play, but looking at the way that the defense is, I guess I can understand making that call. Um but they're up. They're up two touchdowns at this point. So it's like, really, you don't got to force it. But um, let's take a look at this play. And uh, let's see what we got here. We'll start to break it down in un momento.
1: Long way to go, but that's the process of a four-minute offense. On the fake, Prescott pumps through.
0: So, a completely unnecessary uh, throw here. I'm not sure if that was a play call. I don't you know if that was an audible, but they literally just put Washington right back in the game <laughs> with four minutes, 26 seconds left. Um, yeah, not, not ideal situation here. What we got here, and this is actually pretty cool. This is almost all 22 view. Almost. It's really cool. Yeah. It's a really cool shot here. Um, I forgot which channel was. Oh, it's Fox. It says right in the top corner. Uh, Fox got this really cool shot. When I was looking up for, like, place to do that, I was like, man, is there another angle of this? But I kind of like that they have it set up the way that they do. Um, the Again, the personnel schemes, formation, all that stuff. Dallas is in eleven personnel. All right, uh, for our audio listeners, you got a running back pretty far back. It's single back formation. Um, so Dak is directly under center. We got Corey Clement here. It's always nice to be actually be able to see the names when we're trying to talk about this film study stuff. Um, Corey Clement is like seven yards back, eh, six seven yards back. And we have an extra guy up here, a tight end to the left side of this offensive line, so an extra man on the left side um single back deuce slot that's uh that's the design of this play, so we have uh, again we can't see them right now, but there are two wide receivers on the left side of the field so beyond uh beyond the camera view um I'm mostly positive, yeah, I think the way that this this play shakes up it's it's that um and then the defense. We're looking at a three-five-three defense. All right, um, we're actually going to see this twice. We're going to see this in just a moment here too. Uh, this is when we kind of had to dig up. It's really strange the way why they call it a three-five-three, but I, I understand it. I guess they send five. They have five in the line. They have a you know kind of guy right in the middle of the field. They got one man deep. So cover one zone. That's what we're looking at here.
1: Yeah, it's uh, when talking formations, and then also. <clears throat> doubling down with trying to bring in personnel it gets confusing because of how multiple most defenses are nowadays right and this is utilizing a 335 uh personnel but then they they play it like it's a 425 nickel
0: Correct this is one of yeah this is one of those vast layer of things where disguising defenses, right we've talked about mm-hmm. disguising coverages before, um but disguising how you play this stuff this is this is how advanced that film study can get, and that's why we love it so much um is that it's it's so deep, right yeah, it looks like one thing it plays out like another, so
1: they should have slammed the ball down their throats with this the the formation matchup right now you slam that ball off the left side and
0: <laughs> oh heck yeah yeah oh heck yeah i agree so let's start to break it down trying to figure out what the heck happened here with Dak in this uh this interception all right because it was very i'm not gonna say it's uh, very uncharacteristic of him uh, uh, i'm just, very was...
1: glad you we both wanted to pick this and, and obviously i'm glad that you did as well um But shout out to my boy, Rob, who follows the two-point page. Hey, thanks, Uh, Rob. Rob, uh, big fan of the show. Hopefully he's listening to this episode or watching the YouTube clips later on. Uh, He was trolling my Buffalo Bills and specifically Josh Allen last night. And uh,
0: Josh Allen
1: played so much better than anything we're about to watch here in the next two seconds from Dak Prescott. It's it's (laughs) like a different sport. So w- this horrific decision by Dak, yeah. Let's let's talk about who actually is the better quarterback. And uh, Dak, Dak will do the talking for me here.
0: <laughs> All right. So yeah, let's long have to way to go. But that- oh, actually. Sorry. Let me lower the volume on that. That's the
1: process. Of a- All right. There's
0: the hike. I really like the the offensive line sells the run pretty well. Yeah. All right, they go-
1: action.
0: Yeah. They go to the left side. Corey Clement. Uh, he runs to the left side. They uh, the defense is looks really really fooled here. At least the front line is. Oh, they're probably just getting shoved. Um, Dak rolls out to the right, and this I think it's this gentleman right here, right there. He yep. kind of sees it. Yep, he follows it. He just falls across. I don't even know if he like was aware that he was right in front of whoever that wide receiver is. I'm not sure who that is either, but. Um, I think Dak thinks he really has this. I think this jump here. I think this jump here might be interfering with his line of vision with this with this linebacker. Yeah. I think. Um cause he throws it right over and it just it looks like he's trying to pass to him. Um I don't think he put enough oomph on it to get to his receiver. I'm not exactly sure what the heck happened here, but it was a I mean it was a line drive, but Listen. They sold play action well. They sold the play action very, very well. The line, they, they, they really did. And uh, yeah, coming back around, I could see why you take that shot. Sure. I could I, right here. I can definitely see why you take that shot. So if Dak puts that ball out to the right a little bit more, probably a little bit closer to the numbers, I think he's got this thing for a first down and then some. Um. But he he didn't throw on the go. I think this is what killed him here. And I don't know if it Dak's really a throw on the go kind of guy. Um I'd have to watch probably more film. I don't watch him enough as much as I would like. But he stops, plants his feet, and that gives this linebacker plenty of time to catch up and uh and, and make that pick. You see that you see what I'm saying? So he like slowed down momentum. If he, if he's running to the right hand side, he's got this guy all day. He's got uh-huh. his man all day. But he took he that one two seconds. That he stopped to plant his feet, which is good, which, you know, quarterbacks are supposed to do. It gives yeah. his linebacker time to just run right in front of the ball. And, and it was, that was one of the easiest interceptions I think I've ever seen.
1: I mean, I'm not sure if he thought that he, they caught the defense in the zone and the play action with zone um, trying to uh, guard against the run. You probably would see the linebacker stay in one place or another either you would see him bite and and follow that linebacker across the formation or follow that running back across formation and then you have that free window or you would see that he doesn't really move the zone at all and you would still know where he is i think this pick happens because deck loses that linebacker when he turns his back on the play action right he when he turns his back to the to the line, which is a huge, you know, downside to play action, is you you take your eyes away from the defense, which is what evolution. That's why Peyton Manning was always in shock because he never liked the idea. Um, he he would run it, but he would never like the idea as much. Like I'd rather watch them from the entire snap. I don't like when I turn my back and now the defense is
0: readjusted. Right.
1: Yes. So this linebacker trails uh, like he's supposed to. The play action, he's following the action of the pulling guards. You know, everyone going to the to the left, the linebacker's right. But he's very aware of that tight end, and I don't know if Schultz was supposed to set like a little chip block or something, just something to show that he is blocking for a handoff to the left. But he just leaks out to the right so immediately. And that linebacker, I mean, ginormous balls on this guy, actually brains on this guy uh, to, to be aware of that and to just, you know, stick with his guy. Because that's what it probably ends up being more than anything is a matchup of man that maybe you you read as zone or were hoping was going to be zone. And then you, you didn't get what you expected. Right.
0: So, all right, let's watch this play unfold one more time.
1: And watch that guy right in, right in front of right, Dexter. Right yeah, he watches. He it. Right away.
0: That was smart. Like I like that movement. He didn't commit to it. He didn't like take full. He did like side steps, right? Like we used to do in football practice. Like they call it karaoke, right? You just kind of yeah. sidestep and you're you're kind of watching it that way. And then when you actually see the play hole, you know unfold, that's when you kind of hit your quote unquote break. But he did a very good job of not committing to that. Like it was just yeah. it was it, it, pre, precautious. Cautious is the phrase. But um, but not ready to uh, re- not ready to commit to that. So pretty pretty swell there. Um, yeah, you gotta
1: you gotta read your keys, man.
0: Yeah. Holcomb.
1: Cole Holcomb.
0: Cole Holcomb. Great play, great play. Made things very very interesting in the final stretch of this game. That was actually pretty lousy in the first half. So yeah. Um. But oh, okay. if
1: that was a Bills linebacker, uh, that would have been an easy completion. <laughs> Just
0: possibly, possibly. Um, all right, bud. We are on our final play before we hit our losers' club segment. Sunday Night Football, Chicago and Green Bay. Um, Why did you choose this? What uh, What made you want to choose this play?
1: Uh, that I couldn't choose the other play.
0: Oh, that's true too. <laughs> that's that's no. fair.
1: No, it, this I had watched this play, um, and it's just you know Justin Fields has shown some spark even in this game. You you see the athleticism, you see the the, the ball just pop out of his arm. You know he's got a, a really good NFL arm, but he's struggling in game speed. He's things don't develop as quick as they need to when processing the information. And you can get away now, right? If you have to play the Bears and make it to the little playoffs, uh, and they're in your way, go ahead and blitz the crap out of Justin Fields because he cannot decipher right now. No, he can't. He might someday, but today, as I stand here, sit here, lay here, I'm laying here. <laughs> uh, today, all these rookie quarterbacks, all of them. Uh, including the anointed one, Mac Jones, they all struggle severely with heavy blitz because these athletes are better than anything they had ever seen on a consistent basis in the NFL compared to college. College, you'll see some, especially if you played in the SEC like Mac Jones. You'll see some freaky dudes that can do some freaky things, you don't see six of them all running at you full speed, you know, with then also having to decipher, you know, zone, man. Okay. It's zone. Cool. What zone cover three, cover two, cover four, or is it actually a a mixture of the two? And what I wrote down in this play is I think the bear or the Packers are bringing a quad quarters, with blitz and a man and a QB spy, I think that's what this is so that that's the formation for them uh Matt, you told me this is same personnel but with the same for uh, lineup of three, it three five.
0: looks yeah three five three I think that's what they call it three, yeah, five, it looks just like what Washington just pulled on um I mean exactly Excuse me exactly like it maybe just yeah. pulling in the cornerbacks a little bit tighter
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, but that's, that's really about the only difference. Yep. So
1: now we have, uh, I believe it's 11 personnel, it Might be 12.
0: No, no, we got some, you think 12. Oh yeah. Definitely one running back. Let's see. Tight end right there. Yep. That's, that's 11. That's 11. Cause right. They would, they would have.
1: Well, cause I can't see the other guy.
0: That might be Robinson. No.
1: Yeah.
0: Robinson Mooney, and then some other—I forgot who the other one is—but, um. But yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure this is eleven personnel. I think that's Cole Komet with his hand in the dirt. Gotcha. So, all right, let's watch this play unfold really quick, and then we'll uh, we'll start to break it down a little bit more. Turn it up. And here we go.
1: Big underdogs. Second and five. Fields, look out from behind. Gets hit. Flag is thrown. Ball is out for the moment. Preston Smith, whose name I haven't even mentioned.
0: All righty. I think this is the play right here, right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, so the situation: third quarter, eight minutes, forty seconds left. Second and five. Uh, Twenty-eight to twenty-seven. Green Bay leads right here. Um, so it's things are. Pretty tight, pretty tight.
1: What I liked about this play offensively to start is it's, it's got already built in threat of the Justin Fields RPO, right? So that is something that if you want to see a quarterback just completely thrive and, and dice a team up using RPOs, watch Miami Dolphins because to us all his success in these last 5 6 games or whatever uh, 90% of it is success through RPOs run pass options meaning that play to play these look identical because there's no sell from the linemen the there's no sell from the wide receivers all the plays look almost identical because the run the, the wide receivers are out in routes and you have your linemen doing the best they can to show that they're trying to run block, which is an interesting sell for 340-pound men um, to do something that they want to do, which is smash somebody into the ground, but they can't because they're supposed to stay close to the line of scrimmage. (laughs) So good job on the Bears um, finally adapting the offense to Justin Fields. What goes wrong on this play is there's way too many guys blitzing for what they have in to block, just straight up. Yes. And the fact that the left tackle is the one that gets beat, um, I guess it's actually Cole Komet's side, so technically he's to blame too, but uh, the fact that that's the pressure that gets around first, there leaves – Only a step up for Justin in this scenario, but he's not going to be able to hit that mark. So let's play it for half a second, and we'll give it a quick pause. All right. And there. Okay. So already, as he's getting into his drop back, I can see that Chicago Bears linemen are already losing their battles. You've got your left guard already losing his guy. Uh, the right side is starting to collapse. No one's given up anything yet, but look how muddy already that pocket is. Compare that to what Justin Herbert had when he made his touchdown throw that we watched. You know, this is not clean. Let's let's put another second. Second and five right there, and it's still it opens up. So Justin Fields could step up into it, but at the same time, are you really asking him to step up with that that Green Bay Packer within just three yards? Like that wouldn't feel natural. No. That's not something that Justin Fields is gonna want to do. So it's just too many guys and you have a guy that, that isn't a great anticipatory thrower. So it's not like he could hit his back foot and let it fly without seeing where his guys are going. He's probably looking for an open wide receiver, which he gets when using the RPO, but not all the time. And in this scenario, like um, we got a linebacker who's doubling in zone, and he's also I think doing QB spy here. So you got the the guys one lined in the middle. Up, yep, he's lined up at that first down there. Yep. Yeah, he's watching Justin Fields' eyes the whole time. He's not respecting. That's Cole Komet probably right. So Cole Komet's um, number
0: eighty, right here, right? He, yep. he just—he's not about it.
1: Yeah, I think that other defender. This
0: guy's that, covering that's him, right? Yep, yep.
1: And they're dropping into a quarters zone, so meaning they're giving you literally all those five to ten yards to work with, because their whole point of what they were doing was we're going to get as fast of pressure as possible. Which is exactly what happens. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you, you don't even get to come to two. It feels like, and then the pressure's on top of Justin Fields. Fields, look out from behind, gets hit. The yeah. arms wide, you know, the the tomahawk chop coming over the top, so well timed. Was, was that Smith? He's been having uh, a good year. Fields, look out uh, from behind, gets hit. Flag is thrown. Yes. Ninety-one.
0: Ninety-one. That's Smith. Yep. You yeah. the back. I think
1: my boy Rashawn Gary fell on that ball from Michigan. Hail.
0: <laughs> so yeah, a pretty uh, pretty intense defensive look here. They send the house. They don't send the house, but they send the, a large group of people. It just overwhelms the Bears offensive line, which is which is not good to begin with.
1: Second and five.
0: And yeah, he's like he's got his mind made up, but that left tackle is. Beat you. Yeah. You know it's not good when the, when the Packers players in between alignment <laughs> and your quarterback like directly like Oreo in between <laughs> a quarterback and his lineman. It's just it's not good.
1: Fields look out from behind, gets hit, flag is thrown, ball is out for the moment.
0: <laughs> Tough break. Fields could be something, man, but it's like it's Chicago. They just they can't figure it out, and I don't understand. No. I I don't understand. I do feel for him. I'll never forget his face. You and me sitting here on draft night, and uh, his face when he got drafted by the Bears, was priceless. <laughs> he looked like a pouty child, and I don't blame him it's It's the Bears right now, Old, one of the oldest teams in the league, and they still can't figure out their quarterback position what? uh try to rack my brain around, but uh, is there anything else you want to add to that before we move on to Losers Club? No, no, sure about that the way you said, nope, nope, I don't know, my wife says no, that I'm, I'm, you, you I'm sure you, nice. you sure you didn't want something else from the from the drive through nope, 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 it's Pretty wifely
1: there's plenty of things I could say negatively about the bears organization, um,
0: but you know. I see. I see. Well, let's move on to the Losers Club segment of uh of today's show. All right. So your film study is done. Losers Club is up next. The Jets and Jaguars are our focus today. Let's start off with the uh let's start off with the Jaguars. Uh uh-huh. um they are in complete turmoil right now, right? Uh, a lot of more a lot more reports about Urban Meyer being um Urban Meyer. <laughs> coming out, uh, belittling his staff, uh, amongst a host of other things, right? Amongst a host of other things. Um, a lot of internal turmoil. Uh, he gave a pouty little handshake to Mike Vrabel at the end of the game no. yesterday. Um, it's bad. It's bad. I don't think that Urban Meyer makes it next year.
1: No, and I'm always the one that advocates for staying the course and having cohesion and cohesiveness, right? You, you need consistency. You need to keep these guys around all working for the same goal. And the problem is, is that urban Meyer talks the talk. Yes. But he will never walk the walk. He, he will, he has some of the, the weirdest expectations of people that don't line up with what you would think that a normal head coach would want. Like, if you went out and so, – so if you didn't see the report, supposedly he was calling out his assistant coaches about them not coming from winning traditions. Tradition, wherever they're coming from, they don't win. They've never won anything. Yeah, but here I am. I am the guy that's won all these national titles at college level. Look at me; I am great.
0: Isn't he the one who hired all these assistant coaches?
1: Exactly. <laughs> so, why you would ever try and bring past experiences into it and expect it to line up with what the players are expecting? Like they're not; these guys aren't dumb. These not these aren't eighteen year old kids. You have Urban. These are grown men with families who are f- putting food on their tables with their bodies, right? Right. They they are they are locked in as locked in can be right now. So to say that you think that your assistant coaches aren't helping because they come from a losing men- mentality and losing tradition or backgrounds, and then conveying that to your your starting offensive linemen or your starting defensive, like. Could you imagine going to a new job, right, and while you're up there doing your old getting to know each other thing, the boss asks everyone in the room to tell the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened. to You you know what I mean? You're trying to be professional, and then you have your boss say, all right, we're going around the room, and everyone just talk about the most embarrassing thing. That's ever happened to you. And that's going to be our <laughs> bonding or something like that. There's nothing to gain out of what he was talking about. No. You're, you're, you're not going to make anyone feel better or feel like the, you're going to you know the path to get to a winning way just by calling out people and saying, I'm willing to call people out. That's not how you build a team. You build a team by building trust, right?
0: Building each other confidence,
1: up. Confidence, right? You need to have confidence in each other. And if you're going to, first off, undermine them probably the entire season and then not even undermine them anymore because you're doing it in the open with everyone to see, and then, I don't know, dude. It's I've always hated him for good reasons, obviously. Him owning my Michigan Wolverines for years. I always have called out all the bull crap of what he likes to talk about, which is integrity and and work ethic and respect and things like that. And it's like, bro, you had some of the worst criminals I could ever imagine playing football for you in Florida. Like, Look at the lineup of the people that, besides Tim Tebow, look at the people that were playing football for him at the University of Florida. I mean, obviously the Kingpin's Aaron Hernandez. I'm not going to blame the guy for that. But at the same time, (laughs) there are... Guys all over the place that have served time, that have, that have done horrible domestic assaults or sexual assault, like just bad stuff. And he he took this opportunity um, because it's the next challenge for him. Right. He purposely sat out, didn't want to coach college football because I did that. I proved it. I went to I went to Cincinnati and we won. And then I went to Utah and we won. And then I went to Florida and we won. And then I went to Ohio State and we won. Right. With kids. You won with kids. You don't treat kids and adults the same.
0: Correct. Yeah. These were grown, grown ass people.
1: All right. Yeah.
0: And if my head coach, who hired me, is sitting there calling me a loser, being hard on me, um, we're fighting in the parking lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're trying to demean me and shit. Like as a grown as a grown person, you're, you're fuck you. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> to, to put it to put it lightly, um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's not good, right there. And I th- I think for the sake of Trevor Lawrence, you have to pull the plug on Urban Meyer experiment immediately. Yep. Post haste. It didn't work. It's fine. Things happen. But Trevor Lawrence is the most important draft pick that the uh, the Jags have drafted in a long time. All right, first overall quarterback, a college prodigy, and he looks like a shell of his former self. Yeah, a absolute shell.
1: And 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 with him, they're still desirable. You know what I mean? To to go and, and be the next head coach, if they were to fire Urban Meyer, is still a desirable landing place because yep. of Trevor Lawrence.
0: Trevor Lawrence. I think they actually have a really good offense on paper. I think they have a tremendous offense on paper. Um, aside from, like, they think they have some offensive line issues, but weapons-wise, how is this team not blowing people out of the water? I mean, I get it, injuries and stuff, but, man, DJ Chark, lavishka Chenault, Marvin Jones Jr., um, that Dan Arnold t- dude at tight end isn't terrible. I mean, he's not a tight like a, a big time tight end one, but and he, you know, James Robinson, he's a good back. He's, a, he's he was yeah. a top three running back last year, undrafted, and six
1: carries yesterday, six.
0: Yeah, Urban hates him, and I don't know why. Um, you know that was a back and forth thing I heard about that. Trevor straight up told Urban we need James Robinson out there. Carlos Hyde got like his, his like just rocked his shit rocked by Aaron Donald not this past weekend but two weeks ago and he's like yo we need like can you put James Robinson out there we need him so I don't know I I, I don't know Like that's just this is very Ben McAdoo-ish uh, that's the vibe I'm getting right now is just yeah. just you know nobody likes him all right disrupting the thing. When, when Listen, when your rookie quarterback has to tell you to put a running back out there, there's issues. Right. <laughs> a lot of issues.
1: Freddie Kitchens-esque, too.
0: Yeah, Freddie Kitchens is another perfect example. It's terrible. You know, um, I don't know if I said it on these episodes or another episode, but, man, the fact that this team, this Jaguars team – and trusted a guy who has never won in the National Football League to grow and groom a quarterback who's also never won in the National Football League, never played in the National Football League is beyond me. No. Is beyond me. You have to go for experience at this point. You have to go for you have to go for experienced NFL coach at that point in time. And Jaguars, Jaguars missed the boat. What they do from here though? I, like, I'm like. i all in on, on getting rid of Urban Meyer. That's, that's my number one off-season goal right now. Um, get rid of Urban Meyer.
1: That has to be step number one. Yeah. Step number one needs to be resetting the culture, resetting the expectations, resetting how we're going to conduct ourselves as professionals. And it's no longer going to be with this guy. Because I think the worst thing that's coming out of it is – I mean, it's all rumors. Nothing will ever be confirmed. But the preparedness, like people are saying, like he's he's not even close to dialed in like he used to be in college. He's he's taking short days and and not putting in the the work, and it, it kills me as a Bills fan that we lost to this team. Like it's so that that I don't use embarrassing, but that is the most embarrassing thing that happened in the Bills season. Right, not just to lose to them, but to lose to them knowing the dysfunction and just the ineptitude of I, the organization.
0: I got to find the tweet here, but they caught him with his pants down, basically. Somebody asked him about some somebody's reps. All right, oh, out of Jaguars. The, Do you see this? Tracker. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, yeah, he's getting some more reps and this and that. And this dude got zero defensive reps,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, defensive snaps yesterday, uh, Sunday, against uh, – against Tennessee. Zero snaps. So Urban Meyer has no idea what's going on. So huge, huge missed up after that. What's your number two for Jacksonville?
1: Well the number two is reinforcing that defense because we've already talked about that we don't hate the skill set of the playmakers on offense. Right. Uh the, obviously the offensive line is a work. If if there's a guy that falls in their lap then wouldn't be a bad answer to take a tackle or guard high. You know, that'd they, be pretty smart on their part if it's worth it. Probably, what's going to end up happening though is they're going to be like the third pick, and they're going to have their choice of the, the, the those those pass rushers are probably be gone if they're picking third. So they'll have the choice of any number one wide receiver that they want, or take the best available defensive player. I don't know what that'll be, um, that will be. but then We'll see that a lot more closer,
0: to... a lot closer, um, probably within the next couple months. Because they, they,
1: have, they have dudes on that defense that can make plays. Obviously, their Josh Allen is also awesome, just like my Josh Allen. Uh, but, you know, it's not just him. There's, there's plenty of guys. Their linebacker core is not bad. The front seven overall is pretty good. But what they could do is uh, take Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. Now, it's way high to take a safety at three. Right. But there hasn't been a safety that I was as excited to talk about as with Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton has the ability to change a game on, on a single play. He's one of those guys. He's one of those guys that, can get the strip sack to take it back for a, a touchdown, or just you know a timely interception, or just a great uh, ball deflection or something. Right. He's a rangy safety. He's he's a new age safety. He's not your um, Jamal Adams. He's not a, a box thumper. He's your single high safety who's roaming over top, and that they probably would be in a decent position to take him. Like I said, they'll preface that with that. Safeties don't tr- typically get drafted that high in the NFL. It just doesn't happen.
0: No, not often. Not often. It's it's yeah. It's one of those strange positions. Yeah, I, I yeah. The, I mean trenches in in defense. I mean their defense has played up a little bit this year, right? We've seen some decent showings. Hasn't been consistent, but they looks like it looks like they can be coached up. But man, you just need some more like just just solid uh, like de facto game changing players. I think that's that's basically what it is. They have you know, they have decent players right now, but they need game changers and that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Um but yeah I mean I, I expected I expected Jacksonville to win a few games this year. I'm a little disappointed that uh I mean where they kind of sit right now officially out of playoff contention but um but yeah they need a lot of work to do. I think it's a culture thing. Right now it's just a, it's a culture thing for Jacksonville oh, absolutely That's a
1: little
0: culture, and and once you get past that, the uh, the sky's the limit. Jacksonville can be a serious contender again at some point, but they've been in a rut for a very very long time, with the exception of that miracle 2017 season, right, Uh, where they made the AFC Championship game after a a little hot streak in the regular season. So, um, anything else you want to add for uh, for Jacksonville and what they have to look forward to?
1: No, it's it's if I was in the circle of trust in the Jacksonville room and then talking about the future and what we're going to do and about firing and hiring coaches, I would fire urban ASAP just because if they're thinking about going offensive minded again, Brian Dable from the bills is going to be one of those names mentioned again, because of what he supposedly did with Josh Allen, even though I give all credit to Josh Allen, um, but it, he does get mentioned as far as innovative and knows how to help a young quarterback move along. So if that's the case, uh, the bills are not looking very good. Even if they make the playoffs, they could be an early bounce candidate, right? So you want to have your decision made a head coach ASAP. Correct. We're moving on with Urban Meyer, get rid of him. That way you can be ready when your head coach candidates are, to interview them and lock them in. You don't want them leaving. We've seen it happen to many good co- uh, coordinators that go on these tours and go from city to city. If they leave, they're not coming back. You have right. to lock them in. That's what the Bills did with Rex Ryan. Obviously, it didn't work, but that's how they did it. They didn't let Rex Ryan go to his next place. He was supposed to go see other teams. They didn't let it happen. So if they're serious about this, I uh, I would I would get your ducks in a row right now and get get ready to, to yeah, there's, fix this thing.
0: There's nothing to gain and it's just been nonstop, just dramatics, right? Drama. Um yeah. throughout this whole year. Throughout this whole year, every couple weeks, something about Urban Meyer and this Jacksonville team has popped up. And it's just it's not good. It's it's not good. I mean The guy's it, a yeah.
1: shithead, man. I mean, yeah.
0: just plain and simple he is. He he for sure is. So that is uh, that is Jacksonville, and what the you know a little conversation about them, and our last subject uh, is the New York Jets. Um, fire them! <laughs> fire them! No, actually, I, I like I like the Jets' coaching staff. I actually like their general manager um, considerably too. I think he's done pretty well in a lot of these drafts. Um, I think the Jets could have been a better team this year. They were another team that got snake bitten considerably by. Um, by injuries a little bit in this in this preseason, right? The preseason training camp, all that stuff. Especially their defense. Their defense has been pretty heavily coveted, uh, decently coveted over the last couple of years is getting somewhere. And their, their, their GM has done a good job of putting pieces in play, but a lot of those pieces uh, find themselves with torn Achilles, torn ACLs, uh, and all that jazz, and uh, it didn't really give – it puts a lot of pressure on a rookie quarterback if your defense can't snap, stop, can't stop a cold, and um, can't put you, you know, keep you in, in positions where, where you can win. Um, Zach Wilson, I think, was just definitely in way over his head this year.
1: Definitely should not have been starting. Correct. They they goofed up in the same way that the Bills did with Josh Allen his rookie year. Uh, obviously, other guys too. But just thinking of not having the plan in place to have a, a legit locked in vet Tried. like they they should have had their Ryan Fitzpatrick they should have had their I mean they got Flacco now but I'm, I'm <laughs> you you wouldn't you would not uh, excite anyone to have uh, Joe Flacco as your starter to no. start the year but I'm saying that any Dalton you know what I mean they could have found a guy who's more than competent to start and slowly spoon feed Zach Wilson along because, and I can't really narrow it down to like one big blemish here or there on the offensive side of the ball. It's just, it's all at once. Unfortunately, I think is the biggest thing, right? It's, it's yes. The wide receivers struggle to stay healthy and on the field. Corey Davis had good weeks but then got hurt like Corey Davis does. We and talked it.
0: about the, the, the chemistry very early on, right? You know, we we did film study on Zach yeah. Wilson, and they had incredible timing, chemistry, and then Davis was hurt for the ma- majority of the season. Even when he did play, he did not produce very much. Yeah. I think looking through his fantasy stuff, he might have had one game over, like, 15 points.
1: Jamison Crowder even struggled to get on the field to start the year, so you're reliable underneath guy that should be one of your quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, favorite targets wasn't there. Uh, the carousel that is the running backs for the Jets. It, their running game just straight up is ass. It's <laughs> it's doo-doo.
0: <laughs> I, it, <laughs> I actually really like that, that Michael Carter, and then of course he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I really 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 liked Michael Carter. I think it's an offensive line thing. Um oh, damn it dog. Well they haven't Thanks. Had, Thanks, they Prince. haven't had back um <laughs> I think it's a it's an offensive line thing more so. They have not had their offensive line figured out in quite some time. Uh I mean seriously, the 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 lack of protection that Sam Darnold had to deal with back, the, you know, in back there, it got progressively worse. They tried, but they didn't do enough to address that offensive line. It all starts there, you know? Uh Carter's probably healthy right now if they have a decent offensive line, right? I mean, it just it's that's been an issue for for a considerable amount of years, um is that offensive line play. I've it, you know, and you're not going to hit all the time, but I mean, for the last six years when I've been heavily, have heavily vested in, in football and all, you know, all teams, all that stuff, the Jets offensive line has been a constant issue, a constant issue, and you can't get a good run game with that.
1: No, definitely. And like I said, it was the having your borderline all pro left tackle Makai backed not available is ridiculously tough, um, but it's, it's more than that. It's the, the quarterbacks don't help the offensive line out either. They don't get through their reads as fast as they should. Zach Wilson constantly holds onto the ball way too long. Always thinks he can extend the play. Always thinks that he's got the next big play, you know, ready. And, and he's going to get outside the pocket and just use that cannon of an arm to just get himself out of trouble which is the last thing that you ever want your quarterback thinking. You know, that that is something that Greg Cassell, uh, a guy that everyone should tune into, the Sunday matchup show on ESPN. The guy's phenomenal. But it's one thing that he will always harp on, which is you need to learn how to stay on track first, and then you have in your back pocket the tricks. Right. The the What we saw, even as basic as what Taylor Heineke just did, which we watched in our film breakdown, which is just a simple bootleg to the to the you know near side just to get out of trouble, you know the, those are not in the skill sets of these quarterbacks for the jets right now, and the offensive line you know obviously feeds into that it's just it's this constant feeding system of offensive line can't block quarterback gets jittery makes poor decisions. And it's just over and over and over again. And then the the line actually blocks well, but but they don't get the ball out in time because he's seen ghosts. You know, and like Sam Darnold said he, he's seen ghosts out there. He's because the pressure has gotten to him, because the offensive line has been so bad, now he doesn't trust them. And it's it's you all have to have each other's backs all the time and just fall on trust him. it's not there for them right now and it's not going to be until they can first off fix that offensive line. Second off, figure out what their offensive identity is. I don't think they know that either. Now,
0: no, nothing, nothing stood out this year.
1: No, but Elijah Moore is that one piece right now that you can look at. Michael Carter looked nice. You're right about that. He did look nice. I was a big fan of his coming out of UNC last year. Uh, But Elijah Moore is a guy that you heard us talk about last year and draft prep that, is is doing what he's supposed to do right he is that quick developing quick getting open wide receiver who can make plays after the catch too so they got that and they understand that so maybe next year they can take a harder look at that and maybe they bring in another guy similar to Elijah Moore and that's kind of how you make your bread and butter that's that's how you get things going which is you keep peppering defenses with these quick breaking routes, ins and outs and and curls and just getting guys into space. You know, that's what I thought the Jaguars were going to be. I honestly did. I thought the Jaguars were going to be this team that lets Trevor Lawrence get the ball out quick and and get it to a guy in space and let him do all the heavy lifting. The Jets kind of figured that out with Elijah Moore, and it's probably something they should lean on going into next year. So if I had to guess, uh, they'll be picking their second now.
0: Right. Yes, I think they're second, but well, second in the AFC, the Lions are still the number one. I think overall pick right now. Right. But so they're so I think uh, I think right now the Jets are picking third or fourth. Mm. No, because we got to remember Houston. Houston's in play. Yeah. Um. That all that all kind of comes.
1: No, Davis Mills is going to screw that all up.
0: They gotta play each other yet, I think. Houston and the Jets. Oh,
1: that's fun. Oh,
0: I know, no, they did play. Oh,
1: there it is. So that
0: that 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 changes some things. Actually, they, they probably played each other very recently. Um,
1: well, we should probably be a little positive when we talk about the Jets and say that Robert Sella has already put his kind of identity on the defense. Yes, which is good to see in the first year. They are not aggressive. Not conservative, they rely on their front line a bunch to create their pressure, and they got talented dudes. So, in my opinion, if they were to take a defensive lineman, let's say they end up two and one of those pass rushers is there, I think they should still take them just because you can't pass it up. You know, when not whenever you have a, a, a pass rusher available and high in the pick and the draft class. You should almost always take them, but at the same time, that offensive side of the ball needs so much work. <laughs> it, it It's almost as if they needed to finish with a better record just so that they wouldn't be tempted to go defense again. But if they're top two or three and the, one of those guys is sitting right there, they have, to, they have to take them. I think they're at a
0: point where they can't go wrong. Right, I mean, they could, but I think with what that they need and what is expected out of this upcoming draft class, you can't go wrong, right? You have your quarterback, at least for the time being. They think he could be the guy. That's a good start. You have a wide receiver one. You have an RB one. Hopefully, you know the RB one comes back healthy next year. Um, I, you know it. I think you can, you know, that's a decent foundation to build off of, and everything else is just kind of, um, everything else is kind of just gravy after that, right? I, I think it, yeah. that might be one of the easier. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, breaking down these players' character, how they fit schematically, um, mm. with with your team, that all comes into play. But position wise, I don't think you can really go wrong for the Jets right now.
1: No, and and I think Salah. Is the kind of guy that I think is pretty balanced. He's he seems like he's real even keel. I get a, a lot of Sean McDermott vibes from that dude. Yes.
0: Yes. Very passionate, fired up coach. I think he um Dan Campbell might edge him out in the energy category, but uh but but I agree. I think from a from a mentality standpoint, he's never um I feel like he's never and not that it's been good this year, but Um, let emotion kind of dictate what he, what he calls, you know what I mean? Yes. So, um, so yeah, pretty solid. They can do a lot. You know, we, we complimented them. They had one of the best free agency periods this year. Um, we complimented them draft wise and I think free agency in the AFC East, they were one of the better teams. Sure. You know, we definitely agreed on that. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, is anybody else you're really looking at here for the Jets to to get?
1: Uh, I was just trying to think if – because their corners are probably – if there's one position up on the defensive side of the ball that I know they need to address, the cornerbacks need to be addressed, they are bad. They are really bad. They are not competitive. They have poor technique. They don't have great skill sets to come in. So if there's a cornerback that they can take, they should do it. Um, but they're probably not going to have one. And then um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone in like the later rounds that I would be an advocate for. You know what? If If later on they could find their way into drafting – a, a real good, rangy, linebacker. I know they have C.J. Mosley. Yeah, and he's nice, but God is he expensive. <laughs> um, I I think that they need to find a way to either complement Mosley or have a Plan B because Mosley's cap hits are going to start getting crazy. Yeah, expensive as I we think go they have on. a
0: lot of draft capital left still too. But.
1: They do. They do. They they and, and like you said, Douglas, their uh, GM is very. Um. He's he's so obviously he's got an eye for talent, right? Um, that's his. Everyone was like talks about, but I think he's very cautious, and he's he's got a plan, and he's he's willing to take the bumps along the way. That's what I think. And guess what. There's a lot more lumps to uh to smooth
0: out here. There certainly is. There certainly is. So we'll extensively look at the, what the Jets have to do um, at the conclusion of the Super Bowl. Um, we're gonna go division by division and and really start to break these things down. But you know, while it's still fresh in our mind, these teams that are recently eliminated, yeah, let's you know let's talk about them. But um, but that is it, everybody. That is a wrap on this week's episode. You got your film room and you got your losers' club. We thank you, as always, for your support. All right. Uh, We've, you know, solid, solid. I'm very excited with our numbers so far in the month of December. Um, And, of course, our Facebook page is almost, it's going to eclipse 9,000 likes by the end of the month, which I'm very, very excited about. So thank you so much for that. If you're not a part of our Facebook group, uh, Facebook page, excuse me, uh, make sure you join. Plenty of interactive content for you. I've really been firing up the memes lately as well, so I, we think we're kind of funny. But, uh, but that is it, everybody. Thank you so much. And on behalf of Brian and I, till next time, the two-point conversation is good.